building better relationships at home and at work for people who have more than enough on their plate. Two coaches dangling the possibility of finding joy in your relationships. Do you dare to consider life can be better? Have a listen and tell us why. In this episode, Angela and Patty will be discussing change and how it can strengthen relationships. Yes, in these times of radical change, we're being confronted with change faster than in any other period. And we may have very little internal resources to deal with change because it's unprecedented for all of us. So Patty and I, our goal today is to share some tips on how to acknowledge and capitalize on some resources inside of you so that you can use change as a way to prioritize your relationships with others and deepen and enjoy your relationship with yourself. Angela, I believe by changing our outlook we can strengthen our relationships and change the world around us. Do you know someone who always seems to have positive things happening to them? Everything comes to them with ease. They are well-liked and good opportunities fall at their feet. What characteristics do they have? Are they happy? Are they kind? Are they giving? Do they speak well about others? How are their relationships with others? As you were talking, Patty, I started to think of people. So those uh-huh. questions were really provoking. And it's a really great way to start looking at the relationships in your life. I believe the way we look at our relationships like you say, Patty, the outlook we have on our relationships is like a filter or a lens that we see the world through. And the first relationship we have is the relationship with our parents. And as a child, when you look into their eyes, your parents' eyes or your caregiver, you start a lovely way of seeing yourself in them and they see themselves in you. However, if there are any negative feelings that the parent holds, they get directly reflected in the child, as well as the positive feelings from your parents and loved ones. And those feelings and perceptions of the parents shape that child's whole perception on the world, on love and on relationships. And as the child grows up, You begin to become aware of your perceptions and how they affect and shape your world. But most of the time we're asleep and we're not aware of how these perceptions are shaping our relationships and impacting the way we interact with the world. So the coronavirus has shaken us up. It's waking us up, but we're not so sure about had a flow with the change imposed by that virus. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, when you don't have tools to deal with change, 
you can revert to survival instincts and think about yourself first rather than focusing on how to capitalize on your relationships or work with your relationships to thrive in challenging times. That's why it's also more important in these times of change to look at your relationships and look at how you could improve your perception and appreciation of relationships and how could you improve your behavior in your relationships so that you can actually move forward. Alone, you may get something, but together we can get much, much more, more happiness, joy, creativity and more wealth and abundance. I definitely agree with that, Angela. Let's think about this. What are the benefits of being more grateful, thankful, lighthearted, friendly, kind, and positive? Well, here are some possible benefits. Positive thinking attracts good things to you. A positive outlook creates meaningful relationships. Being positive decreases depression and anxiety. Positive thoughts increase motivation, inspiration, and creativity. Being positive improves the immune system. While reflecting on these benefits, why do you think society isn't more positive? Yeah, I would love all of those benefits, especially a really basic benefit of improving our immune system. That's so important. Yes. So, yes. yeah, it's incredible how we don't focus on these positive aspects if there's so much evidence and lived evidence, not just scientific research. We all know that if you focus on more positive aspects, you flow with life in a better way. Uh, one reason I see is why society isn't more positive is going back to what I was saying about the perception and the lens or the filters that we see the world. We actually pick up negative perceptions about the world from our parents, society, our ancestors, our culture, and our current life experiences. So if you think about all of those, that's a lot of negative energy that you can pick up behind the perceptions. And it's not just that if you have a negative thought and you hold on to it, you've got all of that negative perceptions that come from your culture and ancestors that reinforce a negative aspect of a, a negative thought that you might have. So all around us, if there is negative that has been generated for hundreds and even thousands of years through a culture, that can influence the negative perception you may have when you have just one negative thought. So in order to be more positive, to think more positive, you have to exert your desire or your will to experience positive feelings in spite of those quite strong negative cycles of thought. And humans are tribal in our nature. We often get caught up in tribal feelings and thoughts. So to be positive in a negative focused tribe can be unsafe for you because you're going against your tribe. 
it can be perceived as a threat to your tribe if you're being positive. <laughs> Isn't that ironic? How yes. weird. People look at you like, why are you so happy? Um, however, conversely, you know, most of us have had an experience of a party or a collective gathering where joy is infectious and that spreads around the group and the group becomes positive. Once you are aware of group energies, you can start to consider how to be a positive influence in a group versus a negative one and combat also that tendency in yourself to get swept up with group energies without thinking about the negative and positive consequences of getting swept up in a group energy. We all get swept up in group energies. It's just about being able to see whether that's really the best direction for the group to go in and being able to reflect on in that moment, but also after the moment when you want to course adjust or change the direction of the group. And when I say group, I mean a family, a nuclear family or extended family, a group of friends, a work team, or any other group you are connected to in a large community outside your family, like church or sports or arts. Yeah, this happens to all of us getting swept up into the negative energy or complaining about something, especially in the workplace. <laughs> How do we change a negative culture? Changing the focus to a positive and an encouraging outlook towards each other will increase motivation, creativity, better health, it improves relationships, whether at home and at work, and it makes the environment a better place too. What else can we do? Well, I have a few suggestions. Affirmations are a great way to help change your outlook to the better. I would use affirmations driving on my way to work and to get me through the day. Here is an example of an affirmation. Positive thinking is changing my relationships for the better. If you repeat it throughout the day, silently or aloud. Another suggestion is self-reflection. Self-reflection is another strategy to improve and change our attitude for the better. Here is a self-reflection question to journal about. How am I creating more positivity in my life? Praying to God for a change you want to see in your life. The world and faith that it will happen. It may not happen the way you thought it would. It probably will be so much better. Keeping the faith in the good around us and not in the fear and anger being thrown in our direction. Another suggestion is spend time in meditation. I know personally it calms and lightens the spirit. Smile 
think good thoughts and speak kindly to those around you. By doing this, it will change the way others treat you as well. Tell your spouse, partner, children's, parents, you love them every time you talk to them or see them. I do this. I always tell my family, my children, my grandchildren that I love them when I see them and they're leaving. Love can change the world. People who feel loved radiate love. I know when I do these things, I'm a much calmer and happier human being. Oh, I just felt that when you said um, that you tell your little ones that you love them when you see yes. them and leave them. That reminds me of what I said earlier about the parent and child relationship. You're really transmitting that love to them when you see them. And the child feels that when you see them. And I know in my spousal relationship, I do that with my partner. And when I see him smile, it's yes. like a generator and it gives me energy. And yeah. when we're negative, we forget to do those basic things, but they're so important. You know, every night before my husband and I go to bed, no matter what the day brought, we always tell each other that we love each other before we go to sleep. Mm. And what a difference that makes. Even if we're mad at each other, we still <laughs> tell each other that we love each other. <laughs> See, you can even be mad and still love someone. I love that. <laughs> Patty, you mentioned self-reflection. And one thing that the coronavirus has brought to my attention is that self-reflection is such a common tool that people just don't do when they're stressed, which is normal. But I notice it's so easy to throw it out the window in these times of stress. And yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think Angela too, that um, we're seeing that people don't self-reflect because they want to be right. Oh, okay. And self-reflecting and thinking about, is this really that important to argue about or to prove my point? And self-reflecting and seeing another person's point of view or self-reflecting inside of you, oh, I probably didn't act in the most kind kind way. How can I do it differently next time? Or do I need to apologize for my behavior? Yeah. And also, is that behavior who you really want to be? Right. Definitely. Because sometimes anger, we think we're justified in expressing it because we're angry. And look, I grew up in an Italian family. I know anger. <laughs> and I think it's right to be angry sometimes because we were taught to be angry. But I don't know if that's who I want to be. 
And mm-hmm. I certainly, growing up, I made a few judgments about anger because I, as a young child, I was contemplating, I don't want to be like that when I saw my family being like that. But I still get angry, like just like them sometimes. I'm a reflection of who they are. They are me and I'm them too. Yeah, our emotions can take over instead of us like we've talked about in previous podcasts, pause, reflect, stop. (laughs) But when you're in the heat of the moment, sometimes that doesn't always happen. And just reflecting on it and saying, I could have handled that better. I'm going to next time. Yeah. And so one tip is to give yourself a space and time to self-reflect. It doesn't have to be long. It can be one time on the week. You know, in the old days, the cultures had a Saturday, a Sunday, a Friday. It didn't matter what day, but they had one day a week to reflect about them as a group or as an individual. I do self-reflection in the moment, but that's not possible for each person. And I've practiced that practice for a couple of decades. So I've been able to do that. So um, one of the things I did as a teenager to start that practice was I started to spend time dancing. And I wanted to go a little bit more into to that because of your question, Patty. Your journaling question or self-reflection question was, how am I creating more positivity in my life? And I had to to explore that question when I grew up because I was dealing with my own negativity as a teenager. It started a little bit before I was a teenager. It started probably around five years. I had a lot of negative thoughts and, and fears actually growing up as a child. So when I got to around the age of 12, I started to use dance as a way to explore my negative feelings and to explore positivity, how to create positive feelings, because I loved music always. And I used to, as a teenager, I'd put on Duran Duran and I'd sing all the lyrics and I'd let all my feelings out. And these days I use different music, but I still put on music And I let myself feel and get the feelings out and just experience what the negative feelings are and also get creative. And what happens when I put on the music and just start moving is that I start to find new ways of looking at the negative feelings. So in these um, times of lockdown, I laugh a lot because the lockdown was the way I grew up. I wasn't allowed out of the house in my family, so (laughs) I was uh, locked inside and I spent a lot of time dancing and feeling my feelings in the house. And all those years of dance and exploring my feelings really gave me a foundation and a reservoir for positive feelings as well. And in my body memory, it also gave me the habit or practice of going inward which have been really valuable in these times of the coronavirus and different periods of lockdown. So one thing I've learned about change is one important step is implementing 
uh, a practice, a regular practice to get real change. So self-reflection helped me to get awareness of what I felt and what I thought. And, and then the dance helped me implement a regular practice where I can bring awareness to my negative feelings. I can release the negative feelings. And then I experienced positive, supportive feelings that started to implement real change in my body. Even if I had negative thoughts, I also had the positive feelings of the dance. And in the dance, I even discovered a new sense of myself. I got new ideas. I got different ways of understanding myself or the world. The music sort of triggered a lot of different ways of understanding different ideas about the world. And dance is also a great way to quiet the mind and connect to myself at a deeper level, what I feel is my spirit. For you, it could be something else. It could be your creativity. It could be a deep desire that you're connecting to as well in the dance. And the other piece that the dance revealed to me is actually a physical way of experiencing and embodying an affirmation like you're sharing, Patty. Uh, so the words of the affirmation can actually be embodied through the dance. So like a lot of the lyrics I used to dance to from Duran Duran, <laughs> I used to embody and feel them. And one of the affirmation cards that I've been getting from your cards, Patty, is the same card over and over. It's the one that says, I say no to things I don't want to do. Patty, what's going on? <laughs> well, the card, the card is telling you to reflect on that. I say no to things I don't want to do and have the courage to do that. The cards, it's, it's amazing that they really speak to you. When I pull a card, it, it speaks to me for that day or that week or that month. And having that same card over and over again means maybe this is something that I have to deal with. Maybe this is an affirmation that I need to be saying continuously until it stops coming up. <laughs> And by having the card there, it's in my kitchen bench, so I walk past it every day. I get to look at it. It's close to one of my to-do lists. So I get to look at it right next to my to-do list. So. And, is, and is it helping you to say no th to things that you don't want in your life, Angela? Yeah, it's forcing me to, especially because I keep getting it. I mm -hmm. might get, I do it about once a week to every 10 days. And because I keep getting it, it's making me, like you said, have courage to say no. And it's forcing me to, to say no because my habit has been so entrenched to not say no and to not focus on what I want. So it's been really challenging and challenging in a positive way. Well, I can't wait to hear when you get another card. <laughs> that means that you're saying no. <laughs> and 
It's a great example of how to use affirmations in many different ways because some people think, oh, affirmations don't work, but actually it's how you use them. Right, right. And having that different mindset of saying, this is what I want in my life and this affirmation is going to help me get there. Right. Writing your own affirmations is good, too, because you're writing out what you want in life instead of what you don't want in life. And repeating those throughout the day and in the morning on your way to work, on your lunch hour, on your breaks, or on your drive home before you get home to your family really helps you self-reflect and helps you to know that this is what I want and this is what I don't want. So if I do want to say um, no to the things that I don't want in my life so that I'm free to do the things I do want to do, then that affirmation is going to help you get there if, if you truly want it. For me, I'm a very kinesthetic physical person, so I actually have to put the card on top of my to-do list. So when I'm going to my to-do list, it reinforces saying no visually. That's great. And it's yeah. physically positioned on that physical spot where I write down things to do but I don't really want to do them. And Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I used to um, take my affirmations and actually put them on my mirror while I was getting mm -hmm. ready for work. I would tape it to my steering wheel <laughs> oh. so that I constantly saw it as I was driving down the road and I was at a stop sign. There's all different ways of having them in your your visual site. I used to write them at work on my whiteboard so that when I was working and I looked up at my whiteboard, they would be right there and I could repeat them and I would see them. Great. Yeah, sometimes you need uh, a lot of reprogramming when you have negative habits that have been there for a long time. What I discovered in the dance was one way of actually embodying the affirmation or the positive energy that I wanted to focus on. So I discovered, for example, if I wanted to look at the affirmation, I say no to things I don't want to do. I would use the dance to practice focusing on me and what I want because it wasn't so much about saying no for me that was the issue. It was a, a lack of clarity on what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And the dance helped me embody that feeling of what I want and making it stronger and stronger and stronger. And it helps me focus on what I really want to focus on so that the no, saying no becomes very easy or easier. And... I've learned that real change comes from discovering how you take in those new habits in your life and how you stick to them. It's not as simple as just saying you want to change. 
you've actually got to discover how you embody those habits and how you stick to the new habits. Patty and I, as life coaches, we know that people do those new habits in their own unique way and we've learned how to work with each person to find the best way to implement change that's specifically tailored to that person and how they embrace change. That first step you shared, Patty, of self-reflection is so valuable in these times. And if you who are listening are able to take that time to reflect and discover what are those positive aspects that you want in your life, that you want to bring in and that you're giving an opportunity to, you're allowing love in your life, you're allowing joy, you're allowing time to focus on love and joy and the things you really want in your life. I think self-reflection is such a valuable, important tool in these times to focus on those things that we really, really want and we want to embody and embrace in our lives. And it takes time, it takes energy. And if you don't have the time or if you struggle with creating that space for yourself to be able to reflect and focus on what you want and to focus on the positive aspects. A life coach can really help you do that. It's a commitment to creating that new energy and the time required for that energy in your life. Patty, you're a leadership coach and you do life coaching as well, don't you? Yes, I do, Angela, because I'm coaching the whole individual, not just the leadership. Everything in our lives we need we need to they all go together they intertwine together and we need to self-reflect on that and open our lenses to that sometimes there's things in our lives and our personal lives that cause us to act the way that we do at work and in our leadership or our relationships with our coworkers, our relationships at home. The other day I was watching a movie, it was called Sensitivity Training, and it was about a life coach, life coach, business coach, that had a reluctant client. And what I mean by that is that she was forced to have sensitivity sensitivity coaching training and it all came down to her personal life and her childhood of why she was the way that she was at work I'm writing a blog post about it and it'll post tomorrow so you'll see more and um, the movie is funny it and the coaching relationship with her client is kind of blurred. That's not normally, that is not something that Angela and I would do as coaches. <laughs> but it's funny. It kind of gives you an idea of how coaching can change somebody's life for the better. Great. So I really enjoyed the movie. There, there, you know, it's it's something that some people wouldn't like. It does have a lot of different uh, topics in it, and uh, 
different ways. It's it's probably an R movie, just to let you know. <laughs> so, anyways, read my blog post, and I just give a little bit about it. I don't really go into a lot of it, but I also talk about the sensitivity training and why it's important for us to really look at other people's points of view and to open up our mind to being more kinder and thinking about if I said this, what effect would it have on this person? So, and kind of like Angela and I have talked about in previous episodes about social media, it, you know, are we being sensitive to other people's beliefs or thoughts or whatever? Humanity. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, if you want to dance with Angela, you can find out more about her online movement class with Angela by going to dance with Angela healing dot as dot me and we'll have it in the show notes you can also sign up for her monthly newsletter and we'll have that in the show notes as much as well and um, I love Angela's dance whenever I hear it hear her talk about her dancing I just feel like this peace runs over me and just being able to see Angela dance is, is incredible. Thanks, Patty. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to having the classes because they'll just reconnect me as well to that space of being able to feel. And for those of you looking for Patty's affirmation cards, I very much recommend them because they're quite simple and potent as you can hear I keep referring to them in the podcasts you can find the link for those cards in the show notes and have a go with them because as you can see they they're really forcing me to stick to some of the positive change that I'm desiring to bring in my life and Angela and I want to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast we would love to hear from you about this topic. Leave us a comment or voicemail message on our Anchor podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Building Better Relationships with Angela and Patty. Send us a message and please like or share the podcast or donate with the Anchor Donate button. We really value your feedback.